Hello, everybody. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Divinity Life Podcast. I pray that you guys are all doing well this evening. I pray that you're all doing well this evening. Um, thank you for uh, coming. If you are uh, still here after the little uh, episode, the devil tried to throw a temper tantrum and mess with my connection. So I had to um, just wait <laughs> past the 10 minute mark. Uh, and, and had to come back into the screen, into the stream. So, um, you actually had to create a, a whole new, uh, invite, a whole new stream. So yeah, here we are, <laughs> here we are and welcome you guys. And so, um, we have a little bit of a new setup here. I'm, I'm using a different, uh, platform, um, that is, uh, a little more streamlined and web-based. And, uh, this is, uh, uh, Melon by uh, Streamlabs OBS, and I love it so far. So we'll just see how we how we go with this. Amen. Um, but welcome back to another episode of This Is Kingdom, and uh, tonight we are talking about how the devil bakes bread. How the devil bakes bread. Amen. We're talking about how the devil bakes bread, which is a a, a message titled that the Holy Spirit gave to me concerning the spirit of pride. And uh, we're going to go into that tonight. But um, yeah, I hope you guys are all well and um, uh, everything is good with you. I hope everything is good with you. Just making sure everything is set up here correctly. And I'm not really sure. Um, checking here. Okay, there we go. Okay, so yeah, um, just checking to make sure this is good. I want to welcome all of you who, <coughs> excuse me, who are uh, listening by way of podcast and those who are watching by way of YouTube and Facebook Live. Just to give you a couple updates, we are now streaming live again on Facebook. So um, welcome um, to you guys. Welcome. And um uh, streaming live on YouTube, streaming, streaming live on Facebook, and uh, soon to be IG live when I can get that uh, worked out because it, it it just, it confuses me. You know, I'm old. <laughs> and so, it, you know, I get, um, I get a little uh, discombobulated with, with Instagram for some reason, but I'm learning. I'm catching the hang of it and I'm doing a little bit more than I was doing before. So thankful for that. But uh, in terms of updates, I wanted to let you guys know that um, we're going to be uh, doing a little bit more over here um, in terms of not only live streaming, but um, uh, shorts doing like uh, little, I'll be dropping little shorts uh, messages that are like, you know, one to two minutes long, just a little tidbit for you. And then also um, prayer, you know, like I've been doing, dropping a uh, little uh, many clips of prayer as well as, uh, and when I call those prophetic pray alongs where we just, you know, it's just like 10, 15 minutes or 20 minutes or so, <coughs> or so, excuse me, of, um, prayer or whatever, uh, God gives me to share. It could be prayer. It could also be a message, but we're going to be doing like some minis and we're going to be doing some shorts. Okay. Um, and this is, uh, how we're going to be able to help people who can't sit through 
a full teaching or they're, you know, they struggle with the time uh, to sit through a full teaching, um, they can get, you know, uh, a bit of it um, in a short or, or what I call a mini. Um, I also want to do like some little mini uh, vlogs like I did on my original channel. For those of you who don't know, I had a beauty and lifestyle channel for like s several years and um, I have uh, kind of closed the door on it. <laughs> I closed the door on it and it's just sitting over there and um, I didn't want to leave, you know, all those people just, you know, so I invited them. I invited them to uh, come, you know, and join me over here. Um, not knowing, you know, the direction that God was getting ready to send me into. Um, but, you know, um, if any of you are watching from the previous YouTube channel, um, you are still welcome. You're still welcome to join me here. And, um, yeah, I'm not sure what God is going to have me do uh, with that channel. But, <coughs> excuse me, I don't foresee uh, right now me going back to those types of videos. Um, so, yeah. And it's not that it was anything bad. It's just that um, time, my time doesn't really permit uh, me doing those types of my, my focus. You know what I mean? It takes focus. It takes work, you know, uh, uh, on those videos and stuff like that. And I just don't have the time for it right now. My hands are full with what God is, has given me concerning ministry. And so, um, yeah, but I do want to do like some little mini vlogs for you guys. Cause I still love to vlog. I love to vlog. Um, so I want to do that. And I just wanted to kind of let you guys know and kind of get your input. What do you think about it? If you, you know, if you like vlogs, if you don't, um, yeah. What, what, what do you think about that? Love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Also, if you have any thoughts for, uh, topics that you want me to talk about messages, um, questions that you may have about, you know, spiritual things, then make sure that you uh, leave a comment or you can email me, but let me know definitely because, <clears throat> because um, sometimes uh, I don't know, um, you know, I, I, sometimes I actually wonder, I'm like, okay, so do they have any questions or is there anything that they <clears throat> want me to talk about that I'm not talking about, um, you know, trying to be led by the spirit at the same time, most definitely, but, um, I, uh, but um, I want to hear uh, your thoughts. I want to hear, you know, your feedback or, you know, um, your uh, ideas. Amen. Your ideas in terms of or suggestions in terms of topics that you uh, would like to hear more about on this channel. Amen. And on this podcast. So, yeah. Uh, is that all? I think that's all. I think that's it. Okay. I can't think of anything else right now. I'm drawing a blank. I was just upset about my live stream not going, you know, not going right and me having to reset it up. So, um, yeah, we're going to give the devil, um, an extra black eye tonight because you don't mess, you don't, you, you don't mess with God's stuff. You just don't do that. Okay. You just don't do that. We're not going to give him a slap on the wrist either because, He's had those before. It doesn't work. <laughs> so um, tonight, let's go. Let's get ready to uh, jump into this message. And uh, yeah, I uh, want to pray real quick and just get this going. So Father, I just thank you and I bless you for 
um, drawing these souls by your spirit to hear your word, to hear the word of the Lord tonight in Jesus name. I thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit that is here among us to teach us and to um, expose, to expose the strategies, the wiles uh, of the devil and um, to expose uh, and shine the light in our hearts, Father God, David said, search our hearts and search my heart and try my reins and see if there be any wicked way found in me and lead me in the way of the everlasting. So, Father, that's what we are here to do tonight, not only to tea, but also, Lord, we're asking you to search our, li our our hearts, that you would send out the searchlight tonight, that you would send out, uh, Father God, the light of your word, the light of your truth to walk up and down the corridors of our souls in Jesus' mighty name. Spirits, soul, and body, walk up and down, search out, rest, rule, and abide in Jesus' name we pray. We welcome you. Take over my mouth. Open the eyes and ears of this people in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Glory to God Almighty. We're going to go ahead and get started here. And um, uh, we're talking about pride tonight, talking about pride tonight. And I want to tell you that, you know, this message um, is, is, is for me first, you know, so um, this is not something that when I, when I release messages, it's not because I'm targeting people or, you know, you know, I'm a watchman and I'm watching what's going on in the body of Christ. And I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to talk about that. Ooh, I'm going to talk about that. No, a lot of, a lot of times it is because God is dealing with me about something personally. And, and then he shows me the grand scheme of things, how the enemy is working to not only throw me off or throw me out of the game, but to throw others out of the game. Amen. And, and these are like, he goes after, you know, big players, big leaders in the body you know, of Christ, not saying I'm that, but I'm just saying, you know, the same spirits, um, work within all of us. The, uh, the Bible says that there is no temptation taken us, but such as is common to man. So that means that the enemy uses um, the same devices and the same tricks and the same wiles on all of us. Amen. He, he uses the same things on all of us to try to uh, knock us out of the game, make us self-destruct, you know, and so on and so forth. He would love for you to self-destruct, really. <laughs> he would love for you to just self-destruct. And so um, that's what he does. And um, this is why I'm so adamant about... Um, revealing his hand, you know, taking away the cloak so we can see him for who he really, really is. Amen. Um, some people are just really being deceived, just truly, tr <coughs> truly uh, being deceived. Let me see if this box is working. Um, let's see if this is working. Oh, okay. It does work. Okay. I just wanted to, I just wanted to check it. <laughs> um, all right. So here we go. Um, how the devil bakes bread. We're talking about the telltale signs and remedies for the spirit of pride. And uh, one thing we want to uh, take note of, hope you have your Bibles and your notepads. One thing we want to have take note of concerning pride is that pride is like leaven. Pride is like leaven. Okay. Um, pride is like leaven. 
So the first thing we're going to do here is we are going to um, uh, second we're going to de define here uh, pride. Pride. One second. Define this here. Okay, pride. So y'all ready? Y'all ready to go? Um, let me see if I can show this to you guys. These are some things that I've been wanting to do with you. Um, see how I can screen share. Let's see if that work, this works, you guys. There we go. All right. Can you guys see that? Oh, it's there. <laughs> it's there, you guys. Hey, look at us, y'all. Look at us. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh gosh, I, I bet you know the people who are pros at this are just like this po child, this po child <laughs> over here. <laughs> All right, so we're looking at pride. I'm in the King James uh, dictionary, and um, let's uh, let's do this. So, talking about uh, pride, it says in. Inordinate self-esteem. Inordinate, that means self-esteem that is out of order. Inordinate self-esteem, an unreasonable conceit of one's own superiority in talents, beauty, wealth, and accomplishments, rank, or elevation in office, which manifests, it manifests itself in lofty airs distance, reserve, and often in contempt of others. Whew. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? I know I'm not the only one. <laughs> I know. Let, let's, let's read that again. It says inordinate self-esteem, right? An unreasonable conceit of one's own superiority and talents, beauty, wealth, accomplishments, rank or elevation in office, which manifests, manifests itself in lofty airs, distance, reserve, and often in contempt of others. Now, um, I'll tell you which part of this I think applies to me is um, the distance part, um, the reserve part. You know, I tend to do that a lot, distance myself from people, you know, kind of res reserve myself. And, and I, and I say, Oh, you know, I must be an introvert. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just the way I was made. It's just the way I am. But we have to be careful when it comes to that, because these things can be rooted in pride. Amen. Self-esteem that is out of order. I struggled with low self-esteem for a very long time. So um, I'm not sure if, I, if, if I'm if i dealing with that. 
<laughs> anymore. I, I feel okay about myself now. Pretty, you know, um, pretty normal. I used to be very, very bad though. Very bad. Um, also, um, unreasonable conceit of one's own superiority and talents, beauty, wealth, accomplishments, rank, or elevation in office. Well, I tell you one thing, there's a such thing as religious pride that many of us leaders struggle with. We struggle with. That's where the, that's where the enemy really loves to attack. Let me look at y'all. That's where the enemy really loves to attack the church is with religious pride, religious pride, religious pride, having you think that you know something, you know, more or, or that, uh, or esteeming yourself a little bit higher because of what you have been, uh, what has been revealed to you by the Holy Ghost, because we don't know anything of our own accord, but it is the spirit of God that reveals all things to us and teaches us all things. And if we are not careful, if we are, if we don't stay repentant, if we don't stay on our face, I can tell you from experience that this spirit is lying at the door. Like, like God said to Adam and Eve, he, he is crouching at the door, waiting to, to have you just waiting to have you, you know? Um, and I have struggled with this too. And, and, and this is the reason why I'm talking about this and why I stay, um, before God, the way I do, why I repent the way I do all the time. I mean, I think I'm addicted to repentance. I, you know, just, if I think, if I, if I think I smell a demon, you know, I'm repenting, you know, and, and I'm not saying that in a puffed up way or, or a self-righteous way. I'm saying that because um, I want you to know that that is what keeps us humble. That's what keeps us humble. Um, and, you know, without that, I mean, it's very easy. It's very easy to slip. And we're going to see that tonight. So we looked at pride here, right? All right. So now um, we're going to look here. Uh, let's see. Okay. There's some more definitions here, but we're going to, we're going to stop there because I think that pretty much summed it up like elevation, loftiness, <laughs> um, generous ele elation of heart, a noble self-esteem springing from a consciousness of worth. Okay. So, um, like hmm, insolence, rude treatment of others, insolent exultation. Wow. Um, but what the, what does the Bible say here? Look at these. It says martial pride looks down on industry. Pride goes before destruction, which is Proverbs 16. Pride that dines on vanity subs on contempt. Hmm. All pride is abject and mean. Hmm. Those that walk in pride, he is able to abase. <clears throat> Excuse me. Daniel chapter four. All right. So, so now that we've looked at that, um, I'm going to show you, we're going to look here at, um, let me take this off the screen. All right. We're going to look here at um, the first sign of pride, which is, or, or one of the first, uh, the, how pride is actually formed, okay? How pride is actually formed um, in the heart. And this is uh, by Levin. This is by Levin. Amen. 
It's called leaven in the Bible um, because according to Galatians 5 and 9, it says that uh, and, and 1 Corinthians 5 and 6, it says that a little a little leaven, leaven leavens the whole lump, right? So what is leaven exactly? What is leaven? Let's look at leaven here. Leaven in the King James Dictionary is a mass of sourdough which is mixed with a larger quantity of dough or paste pro producing fermentation in it and renders it light. Um, and it says, it talks about, you know, how the Bible talks about Passover and the un uh, unleavened bread and, and so on, the feast of unleavened, unleavened bread and so on. Right. So anything that makes a general change in the mass or the size, it generally means something which corrupts or depraves that with which it is mixed. So whatever it is mixed with, it corrupts it or it depraves it, like such as the word depravity, right? Um, it says in uh, and, and Matthew 16, Jesus said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, and of the Sadducees, Amen. So, um, leaven. We're gonna we're gonna look here at um, how it rises and what is the end result. So, what is the end goal of Satan? What is he actually trying to do? What is he actually trying to do? So, let's look here at um, how bread is actually baked, how bread is actually made or how leavened bread is made. We'll see. We're going to see the hand of the enemy in this. That's why I'm sharing this with you. Okay. It says, um, as a woman, I, we're talking about the ancient, the Israelite women, how they bake bread. We're just going to start there. Um, it says as a woman in ancient Israel, it was her duty. Um, it was her duty to prepare the meals. Bread was such a common part of their diet. It was often referred to as their food. Um, often referred to as their food. And it says, how did the Israelites bake bread? How did the Israelites bake bread? Um, what they, what these women did, they, um, they did, they did not have yeast as we know it today. They didn't have yeast as we know it today. Um, so what they did was they mixed up flour and water. Okay. They mixed flour and water and they added a tiny bit of leftover dough from a previous, like a starter from a previous baking, right? So from previously baking bread, they take a little bit of dough and they keep it as leftover. And then when they make the next batch of bread, what they do is they mix the flour and the water and they add a tiny bit of that leftover dough. And the dough was sometimes <laughs> it was left out to absorb the yeast or the fungus that are naturally in the air. Okay. So the leftover dough that they used or they kept, they left it out to absorb fungus from the air. <laughs> and that is what yeast is. Yeast or leaven. Leaven is another word for yeast. Leaven is actually yeast and yeast is actually fungus. It is fungus, right? So what happens when we digest yeast or fungus? 
what happens after that? What happens after that? Um, well, one thing that we can say happens is we become bloated or puffed up, right? Um, we, can, we become bloated and we become puffed up because yeast rises, leaven rises in the bread and makes it puffed up or makes it uh, bigger in size. It, 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 it bloats it. So the same thing that it does to the bread in the oven is the same thing that happens in your stomach when you eat it. Right. We our stomachs become bloated. And a lot of us know we eat. We've been eating too much bread. Right. <laughs> too much bread. OK. So. Um, so what what is this? It is a fungus. And there are many kinds of fungus. Um, you know, some we make we use to make bread. Another kind of fungus is used to make uh, beer. Another one that is called candida lives inside your body. It's a natural fungus. And if it grows out of control, you can get an infection. So it's naturally, listen to this, candida is a fungus that lives naturally in your body. So we were all born with this fungus. <laughs> I'm going somewhere. We were all born with this fungus. But if it grows out of control, now I'm now I'm reading from WebMD.com. <laughs> they know, right? This is a doctor's. Uh, this is a doctor's site. Y'all know WebMD. Y'all go to WebMD whenever y'all get the sniffles or something. You know, happen. You get nervous and start looking it up, googling, trying to see what's wrong with you because you're scared to go to the doctor. <laughs> Stop it. Because I look, I'm the first one guilty. Okay. Uh, one call. This is called candida. C a n d i d a. It lives inside our body naturally, but if it grows out of control, we can get an infection. If it grows out of control, you can get an infection. Yeast infections. Ever heard of a yeast infection? Yeast infections can it, they can uh, strike your mouth, your feet, uh, your skin. Your private parts, women, we know yeast infection, right? Um, and if your immune system is weak, you may be more likely to get a yeast infection if you have a weak immune system, it says. Are we hearing it? Are we hearing it? If you have a weak immune system, you are more likely to get one. I'm just going to let that sizzle, sizzle for a second. <laughs> You're more likely to get one if we have a weak immune system. So what does the word of God do? It builds up our immune system. What does denying ourselves do? It builds up our immune system. Fasting and prayer, humbling ourselves in prayer, repentance. It builds up our immune system so that these Fungus, the devil is a fungus. Think about it. This devil is a doggone fungus, <laughs> you know? And, and, and it said that we were all born with it. Oh God, it automatically lives in our body, you know, from birth. That means that from birth, we were all born with this fungus. So what is the fungus? Well, fun uh, let me let this up for a second. Um, Oh Lord, have mercy, Jesus. Have mercy, Jesus. <laughs> Did y'all see that? 
Okay. Sorry about that. This chair is too high and it slips down. I need to get another chair. I'm going to get another chair pretty, pretty quick. Okay. So it says that, um, it says that we were born with it. Well, the Bible says we were born in, in sin and shaping in iniquity, right? We were born in sin, born into sin and shaping in iniquity, right? So this, 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 this leaven or this yeast is like fungus. It's, it's a fungus and it is likened unto sin. That is why, that is why apostle Paul said to the Galatians, that a little leaven leavened the whole lump. That's why he said to the Corinthians, <laughs> a little leaven leavens the whole lump. So <laughs> when we have pride, especially now I'm talking, I'm talking to the church now. So we're talking about religious pride, especially when we have pride. It's like having a yeast infection. <laughs> it, it, you really have, a yeast infection. Are, are, are you hearing it? We really have a yeast infection here. That that means we need, you know, we, we need something to take care of that, right? Now, the nature of pride, the nature of pride. Um, I'm going to take you to a couple, give you a couple scriptures here because we love scripture, right? So 1 Corinthians, um, 1 Corinthians 5 and 6. And I'll give you this one, first, first Corinthians five and six. Okay. Um, verse, uh, well, we'll start at, we'll start at verse two. It says, and you are puffed up and have not rather mourned, um, talking about the, the men who, uh, slept with their father's wife in the church. And he was, deal he was addressing the issue of fornication. He says, but you are puffed up. You have not mourned about this thing and, and, um, that you've done this thing, uh, or that the person who did this thing might be taken away from you. Amen. So we have not, you, you, he's saying you haven't mourned, uh, over this. You just, you know, you know what I mean? Like you, you just walking on like, like nothing happened. You know what I mean? And, 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 and that's what happens with pride is it blinds us to the fact that, wow, you know, <clears throat> wow, there's sin in the camp, you know, because when, when we have pride, it's like we're, we become accustomed to it and, you know, to sin, you know what I mean? It's like, because it's the ultimate sin, you know, well, not, besides blaspheming the Holy Ghost, we know, but it, it, it is a sin that God hates. God abhors it. It's an abomination to God. Amen. And so he says that when we should be mourning, we're puffed up. When we should be repenting, we're proud. We're stiff necked, right? Um, he says, for ver for I verily Absent uh, as absent in body, but present in spirit, have judged already as though I were present concerning him that has done this thing. Um, 
In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together in my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ to deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. He says, your glorying, verse six, your glorying is not good. Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Purge out. This is the this is the solution. Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, as you are unleavened. So purging out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump of dough, right? Like we just talked about, uh, which is unleavened. That means don't use that that leftover dough, that fermented fungus dough. Don't we don't want no fungus in this. Purge it out, right? What is unleavened bread? Unleavened bread is is just bread that has no yeast. Amen. It has no yeast in it. Um <coughs> and so it's known as unleavened bread. It's it's flat, uh, although all flat breads are not unleavened, but uh for as a general rule of thumb, you can say that flat bread is unleavened bread. You know, like tortillas, you know, um, tortillas is that's an example of unleavened bread. It says, um, purge out therefore the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Let Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness. There we go. We're looking at some signs now. Malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Amen. Are, are we seeing it? Okay. So now uh, we're going to look here at Galatians 5. Galatians 5, just walking you through this a little bit, Galatians 5, mm -hmm. Galatians 5 in verse, um, I'll start at verse 1, it says, stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. You guys know I say this all the time. Be not in entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Why do I say this? Why is Apostle Paul saying this? He's saying this because it's very easy to become entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Once your yoke has been destroyed, you know, once Christ has destroyed the yoke, he is the anointing that destroys the yoke, right? that we go back and entangle ourselves again. Stand fast in the liberty. That means hold on to your freedom. Hold on to your freedom where Christ has made us free. Amen. Be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Now, now what is he talking about though? See, let's, let's look at the scripture. It says, Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. 
For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to the whole law, right? Circumcision means you, you know, you're, you're trying to, um, keep the law. Amen. Because that was, um, that was, uh, that was meant for, for the children of Israel or the men that were under the law. Amen. They had to get circumcised as a sign of their commitment and a sign of, of their, um, um, connection or relationship to God. Amen. So it says that, uh, verse four says Christ is become of no effect unto you. Now, when Christ came, came, Jesus came, um, now, you know, we don't have to live under the law. We're not under the law, even though he said, I did not come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill the law, but he became sin for us. Amen. Because we were, according to the law, God would kill you for sin, right? But he became sin for us that we who knew no sin might become the righteousness of God in him. Amen. So it says Christ, <coughs> excuse me, is become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. Now, this is one thing that pride or religious pride will do. It will make you try to put your neck up under that the yoke of that law because you want to appear to have it all together you want to appear well, i'm talking pharisees and sadducees here you know you want to appear outwardly unto others <clears throat> as if you know oh i keep the law i keep all the law so you know um i'm i'm i'm, I'm not guilty of of anything you can't you, you can't blame me with anything. I'm blameless because I'm keeping the law, right? Right? But he says that if you are justified simply because you, you're, you're keeping the law, then you are falling from grace. Pride will make you ignore the grace of God. It will make you ignore the help of the Holy Spirit because you think that I have to do everything right, cross every T, dot every I. And if I don't, if I, if I don't dot, you know, jots and tittles, you know what I'm saying? If, if, if I don't, then I'm not worthy of salvation. If I don't, you know, then God is angry at me. Or if I don't, then the people won't, you know, they, they won't, um, listen to me anymore. They won't love me anymore. If I don't, God won't love me anymore. God won't bless me. I, I, I know I'm hitting somebody here. You know, if I don't keep this law, if I don't keep this law, not understanding that this is about a relationship, Christ came to bring us into relationship with God and through his grace, through his grace. Now we can come to him boldly through the blood of Jesus Christ and enter into his presence by grace. Amen. Yeah. You may not have it all together. You, you know, you tried it, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and you, and you kept messing up. Why? Because God had to prove to you and show to you that humanity is, is, is subject to fail that, you know, what does the Bible say in the book of Psalms? Vain is the strength. Vain is the, um, is the, uh, arm of man or the arm of flesh or vain is the, is, uh, 
the safety of horses or something like that. People who put their trust in the in the strength of a man or in the legs of a horse, right? You're doing it in vain because because you're not understanding that flesh will fail. Your flesh will fail. <laughs> you can't keep everything, and it turns you into a hypocrite. You become hypocritical because while you're keeping yourself on, um, while you're trying to, you know, keep your neck under, under the yoke of the law or this circumcision, you're looking down on everybody else. Who's not right. You're looked down on everyone else who is not. And, and that makes you think that you're, you're somehow elevated or higher than them. Amen. So it says that, um, who has, whosoever, of you are justified by the law. That don't mean, you know, ignore the law. It means if you think that the law justifies you <laughs> instead of your connection or your relationship or your love walk with Christ, then you are falling from grace, right? Because grace is help. It, it is, it is him helping us. That's saying that I reject, I'm rejecting your help. Jesus, I don't need you. I got this. Holy Ghost, I don't need you. I got this, right? So we reject the grace of God. The grace of God is help in a time of need. Amen. And it is also Jesus. It says, for, for, for we through the spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith, which worketh by love. See? So, where is the love? Love covers the multitude of sin, but we don't take advantage of that, you know, because we think that um, we, we're, we're being justified by the law, by the outward show, etc. Says you did run well, verse seven, you ran well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? For this persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. <laughs> You, someone else persuaded you, but God didn't persuade you to do this. This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Amen. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. So it's saying, what, what happened? We started out well. We started out depending on the Lord. We started out you know, waiting on the Lord. We started out one way, right? And we ran well, but then who hindered us that we should not obey the truth? Amen. So let's look here. Who hindered us? That sounds familiar, right? You were running well, you were doing well, but who hindered you? <clears throat> who hindered you? So we're going to look at the origin of this thing the origin gonna see who hindered us who hindered us what does the bible say about uh about lucifer in ezekiel 28 what did it say in verse 17 it says your heart was filled with pride we've been reading this we read this multiple times last week so going back to the scripture your heart was filled with pride because of all your beauty, because of all your beauty, your heart was filled.
filled with pride. Your wisdom was corrupted, right? We just read that in the definition. By your love of splendor, by your love of splendor or beauty or brightness. So I threw you to the ground and exposed you to the curious gaze of kings. I, I embarrassed you. <laughs> I humiliated you. Right? This is God speaking. I will embarrass you. I will humiliate you. I will fight against you. You see that? And it says because of his beauty. So the root of pride, this is why I believe that the root of pride is actually vanity. And one of my mentors, um, Apostle Pagani, says the same thing. Uh, he, he says that the root of pride is vanity. Because you're not proud because of no reason. You have to have a reason. What makes you feel like you're better than someone? What makes you feel above someone? What makes you feel, you know, uh, uh, what makes you arrogant or, 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 or puffed up or overly confident? What makes you that way? Something makes you that way. Something good about you, a, a quality about you that you saw within yourself. And you said, hmm, wow, you know, I, 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 I'm kind of the bombed out calm, ain't I? I, I I'm kind of the, the stuff, huh? I ain't going to say the real word, <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, I, I'm a little bit of all that, you know, I'm a little bit of all that, you know what I'm saying? So, so let's go to Genesis chapter three, Genesis chapter three here, mm -hmm. Genesis chapter three. Let me pull it up here. Genesis 3. Genesis chapter 3. All right. Verse 1. <clears throat> now we're talking about the origin, right? And, we, and, and what did we say? How did it get this way? Who was the one who hindered them? Who was the one who hindered? Well, Adam and Eve, they started out well. They were running well, right? But who did hinder them? It was, it was Satan who hindered them. It was actually Lucifer who hindered them. Um, he was Lucifer in the Garden of Eden. He was supposed to be protecting them. <laughs> That's a whole nother message. <laughs> That's a whole nother message, you guys. A whole nother message. He was supposed to be um, protecting them, right? guarding them or or watching you know uh he was supposed to be in charge of them right but that's not exactly what he did he was watching all right he was watching all right but he was watching so that he could dominate you know when he began to uh when he began to concoct a plan when he began to concoct a plan or to conjure up a scheme or an agenda <laughs> to steal, kill, and destroy, you see, that he may dominate the earth. This is what happened. 
verse three. It says, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, yea, hath God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, you shall not eat of it. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. Gave her, which was true, right? Partially. <laughs> For God doeth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Amen. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open and they knew or saw that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons, right? So what did Satan say to her? First of all, you know, he said to her, you shall not surely die. You shall not surely die. And first of all, she didn't even, you know, she didn't even remember exactly what God said. God didn't say, you know, you, God didn't say not to touch it. He said, do not eat of it. Right. Lest you die. He, 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 he didn't even, that wasn't even the exact instruction. That wasn't the exact instruction. Let me, let me get that for you because I, I showed that to you before. And, um, <laughs> and, and I, I think some of you guys were confused. So let me go back Genesis uh, two and, and verse seven. Uh, I'm going to show you, show you this here. It says, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils, the breath of life and man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed and out of the ground, made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Right? So the Lord God, verse 15, took the man, put him in the garden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden, thou mayest freely eat. But, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. That's all he said. So he didn't say, don't touch it. He said, do not eat of it. Do not eat of it, right? So here's Eve adding on to what God said. That was her open door. You see, because God says, do not add or don't and, and don't take away from my word don't add anything to it and don't take anything away from it amen so what did she say she said <laughs> you see the I, i'm showing you something here because even the presence what i'm trying to show you is even the presence of satan even his presence this is why we should never leave an open door for the enemy. Even his very presence will, will impart 
pride into you. It will, it will, it will rub off on you. Be, it, his presence. See, he opened his mouth and he said something to her. And she gave ear to what he said. And his presence stepped into the door because she gave, she gave ear. Are we seeing it? Are we seeing it? You ever seen like a, I, I don't know why I'm going this road, but down this road, but um, you ever seen, um, you know, like, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm from the streets, right? And, you know, if, if we was with, if we was with a dude, you know what I'm saying? That dude didn't want his woman listening to no other dude. You know what I'm saying? It's like you, you breaking the code here. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't do that. Well, if, if, if my, if my, um, if my man walked up on me listening to somebody, to somebody else, listening to another dude, first question he's going to ask me is, what are you, why are you listening to him? Why are you talking to him? You know, you know what I'm saying? What, what are he doing all up in your ear? You know what I mean? So, so this is what happened. The woman said, the, the woman gave ear to this, to this serpent. Right. And the serpent said, you know, yay. Before he even asked the question, he said to the woman, yay. That brings us into agreement. How can two walk together except they agree? He said, yes. Has God said? <laughs> In other words. You know, I'm 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 giving you a yes to what I'm about to say. I'm opening agreement to what I'm about to say. I'm bringing you in, into the into covenant with me here. Yes, has God said? How are you going to answer a question for you ask a question? <laughs> How are you going to answer a question? He knew what God said before he even asked the question. Yes, has God said? Are you kidding? You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Did God say that? The woman said unto the serpent, now you talking to this devil. First you listened. Now you talking back to him. Oh, you done broke the code. <laughs> you done broke the code. The woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the fruit of the trees of the garden, <clears throat> but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, you shall not eat of it. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. Right? Okay. And the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. So instead of him saying, no, God didn't say you shouldn't touch it. He just said, don't eat. See, he knew better than that. But now you see how he mixed that lie right in there with the truth. You see, he mixed the lie with the truth. The truth was, God did say you should not eat of every tree of the garden. The lie is, you should not surely die though. For God doeth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened and you shall be as gods knowing good and evil. Are we seeing it? Are we seeing it? You shall be as what? As gods. You shall be as gods. 
knowing good and evil. This is a uh, this is very uh very very tricky, very very tricky because he said you shall be as gods. So what was what was in Satan's heart? What can, what arose in his heart when proud when pride arose in his heart? What was the first thing that he said? He said according to Isaiah 14, right? He said, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like God. I will be like the most high. So he's saying here, you know, you know, if you eat this fruit, what's really going to happen is that your eyes are going to be open to a knowledge that you didn't have before. Yeah. And, 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 you know, God, the, the knowledge that they had was the knowledge of God's will. And that was good enough, but God, but he's tempting them. He says, no, what's really going to happen is you're going to be like God. See, he don't want you to be like him, but they were already made in his image and likeness. They were already like him. Even, even, even uh, David saw it when he said, no, you not that you are little gods. We were already like him, right? Knowing good and evil though. See, see, God wanted them to know good. He did not want them to know evil. Right. He wanted them to know good, to do good, because we because according uh, according to your uh, uh, according to your faith, be it unto you. Right. If you uh, I'm sorry. So a man thinketh, so is he. That's what I'm trying to say. So a man thinketh, so is he. So if you think if you think good all the time, continuously, you will be good all the time. But if you think evil, you'll become evil. So this is what the devil knew. And he said, yeah, if you do this, you're going to be like God. Your eyes are going to be open, knowing good and evil. So that, so now you're motivating them to become greater than what God uh, assigned them, uh, you know, to become greater than God. You're motivating them to become greater than God or equal to God when they already were. And, and God had not assigned them to do anything beyond that. You know what I'm saying? Just take care of this garden, have dominion, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, right? And, and, and that's all. Now you're stepping over into evil, right? When God's uh, um, pride arose in Satan's heart first. See, I told you before, everything that he is, he tries to project it onto you or sow it into you. He tries to sow that seed into you. So this was his, his desire. <laughs> and he's preaching out of his own foolish heart unto them. Saying, no, you know, this is what's really going to happen because this is what I want to happen. You see that? So 
Yeah, he was the one talking about he's he's going to be like like God. Yeah, because you're not like God. You know, you're not like God. You want to be. You're a wannabe, a loser, because you're not like God. Now, watch this. Um, Job chapter 41. We're going to talk a little bit here about Leviathan. going to take you to Job 41. We're going to talk here a little bit about Leviathan here. Give me one second. Leviathan. Job 41. And... <clears throat> I'm not going to read all of it for the sake of time, but it's one, it's, it's, it's the whole chapter. Okay. It's a whole chapter, but I'm just going to pull out a couple points here. 41. It says, can thou draw out Leviathan with a hook or his tongue with a cord, which thou lettest down? Can God is talking to Job now. Can you put a hook in his nose or bore his jaw through with an, with a thorn? Can you put a hook in his nose? Cause I can't. God says, will he make many supplications unto thee? Will he speak soft words unto thee? That tells you <laughs> the devil talks to God. He makes supplication. Read the scripture. He makes supplication. I told you he comes into the presence of God. He comes there to make requests or to request authorization or to get permission to do something to us. Job chapter 1. Are we seeing it? Will he make many supplications unto thee? <laughs> Will he request anything of you, Job? Because he requests from me all the time. Will he speak soft words unto thee? Because he knows how to approach me with respect. You see it? Will he make a covenant with thee? Right? Because he, 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 he tries to make a covenant with me. You see, will you take him for a servant forever? Because he's my servant. Will you play with him as with a bird? Because God does. <laughs> or bind him for thy maidens. Right? Can thou fill his skin with barbed irons or his head with fish spears? Can you hook him and catch him? Because I can. <laughs> Lay thine hand upon him. Remember the battle. Do no more. Behold, the hope of him is in vain. Shall not one be cast down even at the sight of him? So even at the presence of him, like I said before, we are, we are discombobulated. We are cast down. The presence, the presence of Satan is an overwhelming presence when we are when we have a weak immune system yeah when we have a weak immune system you see his presence can be so overwhelming to overpower you and 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 and, and push you into doing his bidding you know he almost forces you to do it but but the, but he's not there <laughs> There's no physical person there, but you feel forced, don't you? 
You feel pushed, don't you? You feel provoked. You feel rushed even, right? He's like, no, do it right now, right now, right now. Do it right now. Go cuss her out right now. No, go sleep with him right now. Hurry up. Take your clothes off. Hurry up. Hurry up. You see that? Yeah, he, 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 he rushes you. God doesn't rush into anything, though. He doesn't rush. He takes his time. He's father time. <laughs> he takes his time. He got all the time in the world, but the devil's time is short. That's why he's rushing you. That's for somebody who needs it. He says, behold, the hope of him is in vain. Now, I wonder why they use the word vain. Vain means empty. It also means worthless. So something has to be worthless. Worthless is not just a puff of air. Worthless is something. It's referring to something, an object or a feeling or a desire has to be worthless. Worthless is an adjective. Right? It's it doesn't have any worth, any value. Well, what doesn't have any worth or any value? <laughs> what doesn't have any worth? The Bible says that beauty is vain. You see it? This 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 thing, <laughs> I'm calling him a thing, was lifted up in pride because of his beauty, according to Ezekiel 28. You see? Beauty is vain. It's worthless. But but the Bible says that a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. Is that not right? Now, it, it says, none is so fierce that dare to stir him up. Who then is able to stand before me, says the Lord? Who, who can stand before me then? I'm going to skip down to verse 14. It says, who can open the doors of his face? His teeth are terrible roundabout. So we think about Leviathan. We think about like a crocodile, a serpent. A, cro- a crocodile is a, rep- is a reptile, a reptilian, which is a serpent. Which is a serpent with legs. It's a serpent with legs, right? And a tail, right? So that that proves to us that reptiles had legs. They have appendages. Serpents had appendages before they were cursed by God to slither on the ground on their belly and eat the dust of the earth. They had legs. This thing was standing Talking to Adam and Eve, or Eve rather. It was standing up on legs. (laughs) It was standing up on legs. I want to tell you something. Bestiality comes from somewhere. Hmm. All, All these unclean spirits come from somewhere. Why is it that Satan tries to convince man to sleep with beast or to lay with beast? It came from somewhere. It came from somewhere. These hybrid demons and hybrid spirits, that stuff came from somewhere. 
It came from somewhere. This demon, Satan is vile. Do you not understand? He is vile. He is trying to take you all the way to hell with him. He is the most depraved, wretched, vile, unclean, demonic, nasty spirit there is. Why you want to be his friend, I don't know. <laughs> Why the world want to be his friend, I don't know. That devil ain't got no friends. He ain't got no friends. Verse 15. We think that we walk around here acting like, like the devil our friend. Are you kidding? Are you kidding me? Foolishness. Little Nas X or whatever his name and all these, you know, uh, so-called celebrities and stars. What are you talking about? They cloning y'all and got cloned rappers and stuff with, you know, turn them into demons. And I mean, come on. Come on. The devil is not your friend. <laughs> y'all need to read Job 41. Let's let's skip here to um, let's go to verse 15. It says his scales are his pride. His scales are his pride. His scales are his pride. Shut up together as as with a close seal. One is so near to another that no air can get through. No air can come between them. Let me grab my charger for it. Know how this? I don't know how this came down. No air can come can come in between it. Think about a crocodile who has scales, right? And it says no air can get through. They're stuck so close together. You know, you see, no air, no no. The breath of God can't breathe the breath of life into someone who's filled with pride. He can't breathe into you because we refuse to repent. We're stubborn. We're stiff necked. What did he say? It says his scales are his pride. So again, admiring yourself, admiring yourself. Oh, wow. You know, look how strong I am. Look how tough I am. You see it? Who can defeat me? Who can beat me? You know? Remember Goliath? You know, who 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 can who can challenge me? I'm all that, baby. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. You see? It says, um, I, I'm I'm gonna skip down here to verse 24. It says, his heart is as firm or solid as a stone. Yea, as hard as a piece of the nether stone, as hard as a nether stone, a nether millstone. Wow. His heart is like stone. We, 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 we think we think the devil is our friend. He, he has a heart of stone. That means he don't have a heart. <laughs> Did you catch it? Because it's not hard to catch. <laughs> 
It says, when, when he raiseth up himself, the mighty are afraid. By reason of breakings, they purify themselves. The sword of, <coughs> excuse me, the sword of him that layeth at him, excuse me, the, the sword of him that layeth at him or come towards him cannot hold the spear, the dart, nor the habergen. He esteemeth iron as straw <laughs> and brass as rotten wood. The arrows cannot make him flee. <laughs> we shoot out our arrows. It said the arrow cannot make him flee. Sling stones are turned with him into stubble. He maketh the deep to boil like a pot. He maketh the sea like a pot of ointment. He maketh a path to shine after him. He wants glory. One would think the deep to be hoary. Upon earth there is none like him who is made without fear. He fears nothing and no one but God. <laughs> and those who are full of the spirit of God. Those who carry the spirit of God. That's who he fears. He fears God. Yeah, you believe in God, you do well. The demons believe also and tremble. They fear. They're scared of God. Verse 34, he beholdeth all high things. He beholdeth all the high things, the best things, the greatest things. He is a king over all the children of pride. He's a king. Over the children of pride. Huh. He's a king over the children of pride. What does that mean? That means that if we proud, if we have pride, religious pride or whatever, Jesus is not our king. So we might as well stop praying, Lord, you're the king of kings and, and trying to praise God. No. Leviathan is our king. Leviathan. That's your king. That is your king. He's a king over all the children of pride. So let's look at some of his children real quick. Let's, let's look at uh, um, Matthew 50, Matthew um, 26. Let's look at Matthew 26. Let's look at Matthew 26 here. <laughs> let's look at let's let's look at this. You know, Jesus called the religious Pharisees children of the devil. Why? Because they were full of religious pride. They were full of pride, right? They were full of pride. And they were hypocrites. Right? He said your your father is the devil. Now, but, but let's look at and see how easy it is for, <clears throat> for Satan to enter into someone or pride to enter into someone. Let me check on y'all. Okay. I'll accept Facebook. Okay. Um, Matthew 26. Let's, let's look at this here. It says, and it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said unto his disciples, 
you know that after after two days is the feast of the Passover and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. Then assemble together the chief priests and the scribes and the elders of the people unto the palace of the high priest, which is called Caiaphas. The, I mean, and consulted that they might take Jesus by subtility and kill him. Bible says that now Satan was the most, the most subtle beast of the field. Now here they are, his children. Who? The chief priests, the scribes, the elders of the people, you know, the religious Pharisees, Sadducees, right? The religious. Religion will kill <laughs> The humble. Religion will kill the humble. Now watch this. They consulted that they might take Jesus by subtility and kill him. Now subtility, that means that the devil knows how to bake bread. He knows how to hide himself in something. Disguise himself in something. Camouflage himself in something. Wrap himself in something. See, his greatest weapon against man is to make us believe that he's not there. Well, when you look at, a, at, at, at baked bread, you can't see the leaven. You can't see the fungus. <laughs> you can't see the yeast infection that you're about to get. You can't see the, 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 uh, the, the bloating. And the puff, you know, you can't see what's causing all that, right? You get bloated, you're like, oh my gosh, what happened? What, what did I do? You don't remember because you didn't see the leaven, right? So he's subtle. Oh, it tastes good. It looks good. This bread smells amazing. It smells amazing. Subtle. You're paying attention to the smell. You're paying attention to the look of it, right? Eve looked and she said, when she saw, <laughs> she saw that it was good to, to look upon. And, and, and she's like, okay, this is good for food too. Tastes, look like it tastes good. It's going to feel good. Yeah. Subtle. Subtle. The devil knows how to bake bread. They consulted that they might take Jesus by subtility and kill him. You got a fierce motive, don't you? But they said, not on the feast day, let there be an, lest there be an uproar among the people. Now, when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head. And he sat uh, as he sat at meat. As he sat at me, but when his disciples saw it, they had indignation. They were angry saying to what purpose is this waste for this ointment might've been sold for much and given to the poor. Now the disciples, you see that religious pride, watch this. When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, why trouble ye this woman? For she hath wrought a good work on me for you have the poor with you always. But me, you have not always. For in that she has poured this ointment upon my body, 
She did it for my burial. It was prophetic. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman hath done be told for a memorial of her. Amen. So he honored her. and We talk about her even today. Then one of the twelve called Judas Iscariot, son of the devil, went unto the chief priest. Now watch what happened to Judas. Went unto the chief priest. Right? So now he has become, he's gotten wind that these religious these religious um, demons <laughs> wanted to kill Jesus, right? And they had already conspired, right? So now he goes, he, he sees this and he's like, okay, Jesus is talking about his burial. So he knows he's about to die. Okay, well, let me go talk to these people. So he went unto the chief priest and said unto them, what will you give me? <laughs> if, and I will deliver him unto you. So it says, what will you give to me? I'll make this easy for you. If you give me something for it. See, the devil is a thief and a murderer. Bible says he was a murderer and a thief from the very beginning. From the very beginning. From the very beginning. <laughs> that means from Lucifer to Satan. The beginning of Satan. He said unto him, what will you give me? And I will deliver him unto you. I will deliver Jesus unto you. I'll make this easy for you. And they covenanted with him for 30 pieces of silver 30 pieces of silver so there's money involved and from that time the bible says he sought opportunity to betray jesus he was looking for opportunities to betray him looking for opportunities to to uh deliver him up right it says now the first day of the feast of unleavened of unleavened bread Verse 17, now the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, right? The disciples came to Jesus, saying unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? Are you seeing it? Are you hearing it? He is the Passover lamb. And the children of Israel, Israel were commanded during the Passover not to eat leavened bread, but to eat unleavened bread. Right? And to put the, the blood upon the doorposts. Right? This, this was a type and shadow. It was symbolic of Jesus. Now watch this. He said, and he said, go into the city to such a man and say unto the man, the master said, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. And the disciples did it Jesus, as Jesus had appointed unto them. And they made ready the Passover. The Passover. Now when the even was come, he sat down with the twelve. And as they, as they, 
did eat. Verily, uh, he said, Verily I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him. But woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for, for that man if he had not been born. Then Jesus, uh, excuse me, then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? Look at this demon. He said unto him, Thou hast said. Jesus said, You said it though. You said it. Asking me, is it you? You said it already. You know it's you, right? It says, and as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Amen. We're going to stop there. And I'm going to, uh, we're going to look here. Um, at verse, uh, verse 31. Let's look at verse 31. It says, then Jesus saith unto them, all you shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. That was that Satan's aim is to smite the shepherd, smite the leader of the flock, that the sheep will be scattered. Right. But after I am risen again, after I'm risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. But Peter answered and said unto him, though all men shall be offended because of thee. Yet will I never be offended. You see? How you know? Come out never. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, That this night before the cock crows, Thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, Yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. Let's skip down to um, what we know what happened, right? Peter ended up betraying Jesus before the cock crew three times. Amen. So what rose up in Peter's heart was pride. It was pride. What rose up in Judas? Pride. And also covetousness. Covetousness, covetousness, yeah, covetousness. Remember that that commandment: "Thou shalt not covet." Thou shalt not covet. It's covetousness. See, God was trying. God was trying to prevent us from doing. These are very dangerous sins. Covetousness. Prevent. You know, he's. Uh, that's that's what Satan dealt with or that, that, that is, uh, Satan's nature is to covet 
It is to covet. Pride makes you covet. It makes you covet. It makes you want something that's not yours to the point that you will steal it. You will kill for it. You will destroy for it. It's not yours. The dominion of this earth is not, it does not belong to Satan, but he has stole it. He has killed for it. He has destroyed for it and is still doing so to this day. Amen. Now watch First uh, Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12. What does it say? It says, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. When you think you stand, when you think you're, you know, you're standing, let us take heed lest we fall. Amen. Let us take heed lest we fall. Then what does it say? There hath no temptation, no temptation, which comes from the devil. There has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Such as is common to man. That means he uses the same temptations on all men. It's common among us. We know them, right? But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. He will show you the way of escape. We can not one of us can say that the devil tempted us to do anything and we didn't have a second thought saying, no, don't do that. Do this instead. You know, those little cartoons where it's a devil, a little devil on one shoulder and a little angel on another shoulder on the other shoulder. Mm hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's the voice of, of the spirit of God saying, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. You see? And then he says, flee from idolatry. <laughs> Wherefore, my, dearly, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. Flee from idolatry. That's, that's what pride does. It makes you covet. It makes you uh, worship idols because anything that you're worshiping other than God is an idol. When you bow to self, you're bowing to an idol. It is not God. Anything we bow to, beauty, money, fame, prestige, influence, you know, whatever we are coveting and bowing to, Sex, whatever it is, it's an idol. It's an idol. Because we should not, we shouldn't have, we should have no other gods before the Almighty God. Amen. So it causes covetousness. These are signs I'm giving to you through these scriptures now. Um, covetousness and also um, uh, makes you steal, right? Kill, destroy. It is also a spirit of preeminence. Um, it is vain. Vanity is another sign. Um, subtility is another sign. Someone who's who's uh, has a, a deceptive or devious nature. Uh, someone who's always trying to conjure up a plan to or a scheme to get something 
or to do something or to become something instead of just trusting God and waiting on the Lord, you know, asking him and, and trusting him and waiting on him. Right. And then also, um, what did, what else did we see in there? Stubbornness, stubbornness, right? He, he, he you know, the Job talked about how, you know, his, 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 uh, his neck was so thick that, you know, he couldn't even, he can't even turn his head. Can't nobody even turn his head. You know what I'm saying? Um, his neck remained strong is what it says. And his neck remains strength. You know, that means that you're, you're, you're uh, stiff necked, stubborn, stiff neck, right? Lofty thinks more highly of themselves than they ought to. They're self-willed. Um, ain easily angered, easily angered. The Bible talks about in first Corinthians 13, that, um, love is not, is not, uh, easily angered. Amen. But it's easy to be entreated. Um, violent isn't violence is another sign person who is violent. Um, you're dealing with a spirit of pride. You have violence rising up in your heart. You may not be doing things violent yet. But because violence is in your heart, it is risen up in your heart, then, you know, that's, that's coming from a spirit of pride. Also, you can see, you can't see all this stuff in the bread or on the surface. You can't see that the leaven is in the bread. We can't see that, right? But this is what's in there. Anger, violence, lying, lying, lying. Thieving, stealing, arrogance, fear, fear, fear of um, people not looking up to you anymore. Fear of not being seen by others the way you see yourself. Fear, right? Um, fear of being um, cast off or cast away. Not being, uh, people don't want you to, you know, uh, lead them anymore. People don't want you to, you know, you know, people don't, uh, people want, fear that people will not let you rule or govern them anymore or control them anymore. There's a fear there. There's a fear, right? And then also, um, yeah, th those are just some of the symptoms. Now we're going to quickly talk about the remedy the remedies for pride. The remedies. And um, we're going to get you out of here. The remedies. Now, James uh, chapter 4, verse 6. James chapter 4, verse 6. What does it say in James 4, verse 6? James 4 and verse 6. What does it say? It says, but he giveth more grace. He giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Amen. And he will flee from you. Right. So 
when the Bible says that we were born in sin and shaping in iniquity, what was the sin that we were born into? What was the original sin that we were born into? Was it not pride? Right? Pride, right? Because look at this. And look at the end of the thing. Satan is promoting pride everywhere. Everything is about you. It's about self. Selfie. Selfish. Self-love. Self-promotion. Self-exaltation. Self. Right? It's all about self. Have it your way. Do what you want to do. Live how you want to live. It's your life. It's your show. You know? But, but, but watch this scripture now. Watch the word. <laughs> watch the word. It says, do you think that the scripture saith in vain? The spirit that dwelleth in us lusted to envy? Lusted to envy, right? Lusted to envy. Hmm. So Lucifer lusted to envy because he was envious of Jesus. Who created him, by the way? Did you not know that Christ created Lucifer? Angels are created beings. And if, G if, if Christ is the living word, Jesus was the word made flesh, but Christ is the living word, right? In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. The Bible says that with the word, with God created man with his words. Jesus. Jesus created man. And guess what? Guess who, whose job it is to create? It is the word's job to create. So guess who created the angels? That means that Lucifer was created by Christ Jesus. He was created by him. Uh-huh. So he knows what is in him. He knows how he became corrupted. He knows the root of his iniquity. He knows. That's why he didn't play with those religious, um, proud hypocrites called the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the chief uh, and the Sadducees and the chief council. Why? Because. He knew what was in man. <laughs> Bible says that Jesus never gave himself to no man because he knew what was in man. What's in man? Pride. 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 You see this? This scripture says, from whence cometh wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of the lust that war in your members? Where does lust come from? Covetous. You lust and have not. You kill and desire to have. Killing. Oh, desire to have and cannot obtain. 
You fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. You're doing all this effort instead of just asking. <laughs> you ask, and when you do ask, you receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. I just want it for me. I'm not trying to help anybody else. I don't esteem anyone else above myself <laughs> higher than me. This is not for them. This is for me. See, we have to check our motives, ministers, leaders, that what we're doing, we're not doing it for, for us. We're doing it to serve or to help the people of God. We're, we're doing it to help our brothers and our sisters. But so many of us are doing it for us to consume it. What upon our own lust? I want that. I want that car. I want that house. I want a fat bank account. How do I get it? Oh, I see some sheep. Let me. You see the wolf cometh to steal, kill and destroy the wolf. The wolf has a motive. Scatter the flock. You see, when the wolf cometh, when the when the when the uh, when, when when the wolf cometh, he's coming to destroy the sheep. We have a lot of wolves in sheep clothing. You know, professing to be shepherds, but a true shepherd. A true shepherd lays down his life for the flock, lays down his life for the flock, for the people, but not a wolf. A wolf is a hireling. He's in it for himself. <laughs> and when, when that joker see the enemy coming, he's going to run. He's going to run. He's going to run. Now it says, "You adult, excuse me, you adulterers and adulteresses, know you not that friendship of the world is enmity to God? Whosoever will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God." Do you not think that the Scripture saith in vain, the script, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusted to envy? But he giveth more grace, wheresoever he saith, God resists the proud, but gives grace unto the humble. He resists the proud, but gives grace unto the humble. So it says, resist the devil then. Why is he saying resist the devil? Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Because the devil is the father of the children of pride. That's why he's saying, I resist him, but I give grace unto the humble. First um, Peter five and six. First Peter five and six here. What does this say? It says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. What does it say in verse 5? Uh -huh. What does it say in verse 5? 
We just got finished talking about the flock and it's talking here to elders. It's saying, feed the flock of God, take the oversight, you know, um, don't be lords over God's heritage, but be examples to the flock. Uh, when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. That's one of the rewards of God's kingdom. Being a, a, a faithful shepherd. Amen. Um, likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. And all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility for God resists the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, in due time. So he's not in a hurry. You know, we're looking at numbers. We're looking at stats. We're looking at analytics and all this kind of stuff. We're looking at membership. We're looking at, you know, how many people came to the service. We're looking at all that. God says, I will exalt you in due time if you would just humble yourself. It, 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 leave it in my hands. I'm the one who will draw the people. No man can come except the spirit of God draws them. So, you know, Lord, what did we say earlier? The devil's in a rush. He's trying to do everything and get it right now. God is patient, long-suffering. <laughs> You know, he, 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 he has a due time and a set time and due season for all of us. It says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour whom resists steadfast in the faith. Amen. Knowing that the same afflictions or the same temptations are accomplished. They prevailed. They were successful in your brethren that are in the world. Jesus accomplished his, his desire in them. That's why they're walking around full of pride. That's why they're walking around puffed up because they got the fancy car. They got the big house. They got the fat bank account. At the expense of someone else. At the expense of someone else. Now it's okay, you know, and what I'm learning is, you know, yes, it is okay to um, receive uh, from your labor of love, from your work, right? Uh, if a man doesn't work, he don't eat, right? And there are preachers and there are leaders out here who actually live off the gospel. That is what they do. They preach the word. That's what they use their time for. That's what they use their resources for. And Apostle Paul said, you know, is it not, um, he said, he said, it's, it's, it's not a, a bad thing that, you know, you sow unto me your carnal after I have sown unto you spiritual things. I should be able to reap, reap your carnal things. That means that, you know, you should, you should be willing to give cheerfully, you know, in exchange for what I have sown unto you or served you spiritually, because I gave my life for this. I laid down my life for this, to give this knowledge, this wisdom, this word of life unto you. 
right? To make it easier for you. Because let's just be honest. If, if there were no leaders and we were all just left on our own, we wouldn't read our Bible. We wouldn't pray. We wouldn't seek and, and run out, chase after God, you know, and pursue God like we needed to. We need leaders in the body of Christ. That's why God set the, the fivefold to, <coughs> to bring us into the, um, into the, uh, the full knowledge, the full knowledge of Christ. Amen. And so someone has to teach, someone has to lead and we should be willing to bless that person, you know, to sow into them, uh, carnal things, you know, sow into them money. You say, well, they don't, you know, why well, I got to give them money. Well, you go sit down at a restaurant and eat a good meal and you won't leave out, leave out of there and ask them why you got to pay, you know, and you'll even leave a tip if the service was good. You know what I'm saying? Um, Go to the movies, you know what I'm saying? Well, we don't have movie theaters anymore. I don't know any that are open, but, you know, you sit there and spend $5 on a drink that costs 99 cents, you know what I'm saying? You'll, you'll you know, sit there and eat and, and you know, have a great time, <laughs> great time and never ask them why you charge me for a ticket, why you charge me $5, why you charge me, you know? So, yes, it's only right. My only problem is when people are deceiving or moving in subtlety, the subtlety of the devil and being deceptive and manipulating God's people out of their money, out of their resources, out of their time. Give me, give me, give me. Come here to me. I Because I'm somehow more important than you. Oh, you don't have a life. They'll never tell you that. Oh, are you taking care of your, your business? Are you taking care of your kid? Oh, how's your family? Blah, blah, blah. Okay, can you come? Okay, can you come? Okay, can you give? Can you give? Can you give? Can you sow? Can you? Oh, you're not? Okay, you're robbing God. Can you pay? Oh, you're not? You're robbing God. No, that's, that's, that's deception. That's manipulation. That is religious pride. That is religious pride, you know, but we should give cheerfully out of the abundance of our heart. You know, Bible says, buy the truth and sell it not. We'll buy everything but the truth. You know, someone serving you aware, you, you'll, you'll pay for everything except that. So this is what he's saying here. This is what he's saying here. He's saying, these afflictions were accomplished in them because, because of their pride. You see what they're out there doing, right? But he says to be sober and be vigilant. Take your time. Humble yourself. Let God lead you. Take your time. Cast all your care upon him because he cares for you. But be sober and vigilant about this adversary, the devil, who is as a roaring lion or like a roaring lion, because he's not the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is as or like a little roaring lion, lowercase l, walking about seeking, looking for whom he may devour. We have to resist him, right? So what are, what are some remedies? Humility. Humbling ourselves, right? Um, 
Humility is the opposite of pride because God resists the proud, the proud, but he gives grace unto the humble. Amen. Bible says that God hates a proud look, a high look, right? He hates that. He, he says that we should prefer one another's or esteem one another more highly than ourselves. Amen. Um, Jesus uh, did, did so, you know, he demonstrated that. When he washed the disciples feet, he said, no, this is what I want you to do. I want you to prefer or serve one another, right? That's true humility. And the greatest in the kingdom shall be the least and the least shall be the greatest, right? The one who can go the lowest, the one who can go the lowest. Somebody got a problem with you. Like I always say, take the low road, let them take the high road and you take the low road and let's see who comes out on top. You see? You see? Last scripture, I, I'm just going to throw this uh, out here to you, is uh, 1 uh, Corinthians 13. We know that's the scripture that talks about love, right? 1 Corinthians 13. And um, I want you to med read this and meditate on this um, because this will help us it will help to keep us from pride because ain't no love in the devil. <laughs> ain't no love in him. But love is another remedy to pride, right? It, it's another remedy to pride. Why? Because in verse uh, four there, it says, love suffereth long. Charity suffereth long. Charity is love. Giving, not taking all the time. It gives. That's why it's called charity. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. Is not puffed up. Is not puffed up. Proud Pride puffs you up. It is leaven. It puffs you up. It makes you swell. It makes you, it, it, it gives a, a, an, a false image or perception that you are something that you're not right. Especially in this digital world with technology, you know, these, these, you can do anything to an image and make it look like, woo, you know what I mean? But that's not the real you. And I, I mean, I, I've done it too. I mean, look at my, and I use the same picture over and over on my, I know y'all are probably tired of that picture um, that I use on my, but that's my, that's my, my uh, picture that I use is it's one of my favorite pictures. And, you know, I've been trying to get my hair back like that since, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, but the reality is, you know, you see, you see the image. And so it gives a perception, right? So, so when we're puffed up in pride, we can look at our images and look at our pictures and look at our stuff. We put and we're like, wow, you know, that's not, that's the bomb.com right there. And the Holy Ghost says, what are you, what are you puffing up about? What, what are you puffed up about? You know, you know, your weaknesses, you know, what you struggle with, you know, you know, let's be realistic here. Let's be realistic here. Right. But this kind of stuff, the devil uses to puff people up, to make us think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. Right. So, um. We're going to stop here. We're going to stop here. Amen. And I have more for you on Thursday. 
I'll be back on Thursday, um, Thursday night for another episode of how to slay in prayer. And we're going to, um, we're going to, um, add a little more to this cause I, I actually ran out of town, but I had a lot. God gave me a lot. So I wanted to give that to you. And, um, like I said, I will try to break these messages down into smaller, uh, bits and kind of, you know, roll them out like that. So you guys can, um, so you can, you know, um, digest it better. Amen. Digest it better. And I'm working on trying to slim down the time and stuff, but, you know, teaching through the word and stuff, it does take a little longer, but, you know, just pray for me. Amen. Just pray for me um, because I, I, I'm not uh, doing it to, I, I'm, I'm really trying to help people. I'm really trying to help people. I, I, I realize why God called me out of the, um, you know, of the church. When you look back and you see what God called you out of, you begin to understand why he called you out of it and what your assignment really is about the assignment that he gave you, what it's really, really about. And, you know, um, I don't have a desire to go back yet because I'm still working. You know, I can still see God is still showing me areas that he needs people working on, on stuff out here. He needs people working on stuff out here. So, you know, I'm working. I'm just not working behind the four walls. I'm working outside of the four walls. Amen. Because the real church, the real church is not limited to four walls. We're not limited to a building. Amen. So, you know, I know some of you might, you know, struggle with that. You're like, well, why, why you don't go to church and, you know, so on and so forth. You know, that's, that's, that's not where I'm called to right now. Right now I'm called to the marketplace. I'm called to the field. (laughs) Amen. I'm working in the field. Amen. And so we're trying to wake up everybody, wake up the sons of God, wake up the daughters of God, you know, and and trying to build an end time army. Amen. Build an end time army because a lot of us really were, you know, um, a lot of us think we're still civilians and, and God has called us into active duty, you know, so he needs people out here blowing the trumpet, blowing the alarm, waking people up and training people up for active duty in the army or the military force, whatever, whichever one you claim for you. You know, you want to be an army, air force, navy, air force, marine, which one you want to be. It is still, you know what I'm saying? It's a battlefield. Okay. It's a battlefield. So that's where we are. That's where we are. And, um, I'll be back on Thursday, but, uh, we're going to stop there. Those are remedies, remedies, humility, love, preferring others or esteeming other people, others more highly than yourself. Amen. Put placing yourself in the position of a servant so that, um, it, 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 it changes your perception. It changes your view when you can see yourself, when you can see from a low place, right? And, and, it, and you can look up, um, you can look up to, to others and serve them, right? Because if you think that you, if you're looking down on someone, you're never going to serve them. You're going you're gonna to expect to be served, but you're never going to serve them. Right. So we're calling ourselves servants of God, but we're looking down on other people. You know, then those are some so those are some telltale signs 
That means that those types of, of servants, those types of servants actually want to be served. They actually want to be served. And if, if you if you check their resume, if you look at, you know, what they're doing, just take a good look. You can see that they are there to be served rather than to serve. Amen. They make everything about them. As soon as they pick up a microphone, it is the the so and so show. You know, it's the it's the sister watermelon show. <laughs> you know, it's the brother Jones show. You know, it has nothing to do with God, nothing to do with Christ, nothing to do with. There's no why. Why do you? Why do I say that? Because what are the results? What are the fruit? Is there any deliverance in the house? Right. If there is no deliverance then this thing is not, it can't be about Jesus. Think about it. Jesus came to set the captives free. How can it be about Jesus when you're not setting captives free? You're not delivering anyone. Demons are comfortable in your service. They come and sit there in those people and they're, they're not threatened by you. They're not confronted by you. They're not offended by you. They're not provoked by you because Jesus is not in the building. Come on now. See, wherever Jesus is not, that's where pride is. Wherever Jesus is not, that's where pride is. So you see people out here casting out demons and praying out demons and doing all kinds of stuff, trying to get people free. When people are coming and sitting behind four walls and they can't get free, <laughs> you want to tell me Jesus is in there and that's the kingdom of God? When he said, if I cast out devils by the finger of God, then know that the kingdom has come nigh unto you. So you mean to tell me what? which Jesus then? Which Jesus? Because you know there's two of them. <laughs> you know? There's that other Jesus, another Jesus, you know, there's Christ. And then there's anti the spirit of anti Christ. I mean, which, which one, which one are we talking about? You see, that's how, you know, they made it about them because souls are not being saved. People are not being delivered. People are not being freed. They're, they're still in bondage. They come bound and they leave bound. The truth is compromised, you know, and all that. So this is where we are. Um, I'm going to let you guys go. I love you. And I will see you guys here on Thursday night, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And pray for me that this thing, you know, uh, go smoothly, that there's no interruptions and so on and so forth. Uh, this was my first night on this new platform, which it, it seems very smooth, very clear. I really, really like, uh, I really, really like how it's going so far, except for the glitch in the beginning. I'm sorry that I had to reschedule the stream, but yeah, um, next, uh, uh, Thursday or this coming Thursday, 7 PM central standard time, I will be here with you for another episode of how to slay in prayer. And we are going to um, 
finish this up and then we're going to go into prayer. Amen. And try to get some people free from the spirit of pride. Amen. And, and listen, I'm fighting the battle with you. I'm fighting the battle with you every day. It's a fight against pride because it's, 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 it's like something that, you know, born in sin, shaping in iniquity. It's like something that runs through your, you know, through, through, through generations. It runs through your bloodline and it has to be broken and destroyed. It has to be, it has to be, amen, has to be cast out. So we're going to, uh, we're going to do that Thursday and I hope you guys like the new, uh, look, we got a, we got a little facelift, a little makeover girl. <laughs> we got a little makeover. And I think we look kind of cute now. We look kind of cute, kind of professional, you know, like we know what we're doing a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> I am learning. I'm learning from my brothers, my mentors. I'm learning. Amen. So um, I hope you guys um, are happy with that. But yeah, see you Thursday, 7 p.m. And uh, I will talk to you then. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Be the candidate investment firms are looking to hire. Become a CFA charter holder. Stand out for having the skills to thrive in the competitive investment industry. Visit cfainstitute.org learn to find out more about the Level 1 CFA exam.